All righty. Well, uh, hello. Good evening. Uh, this is Friday evening. I believe, are we on the 20th? No, 21st today. My goodness, April 21st. All righty. And Pastor, uh, Pastor and I are here, and we are here to do the Foundations Podcast. And we welcome you all to the Foundations Podcast. Uh, Pastor, we've been talking uh, the last few weeks about, what have we been talking about? We're talking about what, the Holiness Code? Yes. And that is out of where? Again? Out of, uh, well, we've been specifically talking about Leviticus 18, 19, and 20. Mm -hmm. We're right now into uh, chapter 20. And, or in uh, 19, I think. I'm sorry, mid-19. Chapter, chapter 20. 20 is going to be the wrap-up. Yeah, um, but yeah, and we're halfway through, well, almost halfway through. Uh, verse 19, uh, chapter 19. And, um, yeah, we're going to be continuing this week. So uh, if, if you have your Bibles, I always encourage you all, if you have your Bibles with you, you're watching this or you're watching it after hours and that's on the replay, whatever, um, then get your Bibles out. Open up to Leviticus 18, 19, and 20 and read along with us so that you can see. And, you know, and the pastor, I think we've been, we've said this plenty of times, don't trust what we say, trust what the Bible says, and make sure that you are, uh, you know, you know, the Bible says, what is it, Thessalonians, it says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And, um, and this is good learning, it's good teaching, and we're, we're opening up this holiness code, um, and, uh, chapter 19 I think last week we were talking verse 2 what does it say that be ye holy for I am holy God's saying that to us he's telling us that he expects us to be holy yes and uh, we've been going into that we've gone through several different parts and uh, tonight we're going to talk about how, what, what we're going to talk about tonight I think it's going to be what is I think you wrapped it up pastor well what, we're going to be talking about what uh Moses talked about here, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. You know, and I remember that Jesus had said that too. He said, um, and well, so they had asked him what the most important things are or whatever. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. Yes. And then he says, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And uh, Paul used it in Romans uh, to talk about that. I believe that's the 13th chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and I think a lot of people don't realize that love your neighbors yourself, this is where it originated. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't ever spoken of anywhere else mm -hmm. uh, before it was spoken here. And what I find fascinating is when uh, either Jesus or Paul or any other apostles that were using this concept, where are they getting that concept from? From the, 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 the Levitical Holiness Code. The Holiness Code. So it's coming out of there, so uh, you can tie this back in. Now, um, we're going to get into that just real shortly, but at the same time, what we want to do is I want to bring you up to date on a couple of things that we are finding. Um, the, in our country, and I don't know if you're aware of it, fantastic, if you listen to the news, I don't know, but at the same time, about abortion. And um, it's in the in the laws. It's in the legislature and all this type of thing. And just uh, this this the evening, the Supreme Court that was on my way here, and the Supreme Court issued a um, 
I don't know, a decision to uh, uphold the abortion pill, uh, and I, 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 it's hard for me to say this word, or the methepristone, I have hard times with, with uh, medication saying them, methepristone, and what this is, is an abortion pill. Yes. It's a drug that will literally kill your baby if you take it. And uh, you see, th this is, this is I, I mean, we see it, if you, they can't get you one way, they're going at you another way. Um, we, we had the overturning, which, is a, the, which kind of my eyebrows went up. The Supreme Court back, I don't know how many months ago, overturned Roe versus Wade. Yes. And the Christian church said, yay, yay. <laughs> but do you really think that the devil's going to stop doing what he's doing? No, Moloch, uh, well, anyway, if you don't know who that is, that's one of the uh, uh, gods that Israel served and other nations served and, and people sacrificed their children to. And yeah. He won't give up easy. No, he's not. No. He, he's not going to. Um, what we have, okay, so what, what we've done is they've kicked it back to the states. And I just kind of make everybody aware and understand what's going on. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court kicked the decision back to the states to make their own decision about the abortion laws. I think uh, Alito, I think that's his name, said that he, he feels that this, this is a matter of lawmaking rather than courts making these uh, decisions. Uh, so he kicks it back, they kick it back to the states. We have states that are enacting, I think Florida is one of them, God bless them. And then Texas, I think, is doing that as well. And, oh, I saw another one about Florida today. But anyway, the, uh, what they're doing is they're making laws against that. Stop that, you know, as much as possible, stopping the abortion flow. And then, uh, but what's happening is we have things, and I think we've mentioned this before, like Starbucks and all that are going to fly their employees to different states that allow abortions so that so they can have abortions. So uh, y'all have that cup of coffee, you know what your money is going to pay for. Anyway, um, but uh, so that's going on there. Then on another level here, we're, we're fighting this thing with this pill where they can take the pill and boom, kill the, kill the baby. And they're trying to get that. Walgreens stood up and said, we're not, the states that aren't allowing it, we're not going to sell those in those states. And uh, then they started to boycott uh, Walgreens about that. Um, then uh, we got that. And then I think I was showing JP something just the other day about a, an article about the, the, this, this lady who feels that she is an expert and uh, knowledgeable about this and uh, so what she's going to do is teach there's a some sort of a contraption I don't know medical contraption that she's going to go and teach people have classes on it to show them how to kill their own baby the ladies can actually can perform with this particular device their own abortions so you know and they say well you know what they and this is what they used to fight against well, you know, all these people, these ladies were taking coat hangers and all this thing and, and that and killing their babies. And so they felt sorry for them. And so they need to enact laws to support abortion. Well, you know, 
know, I guess it just comes down to one thing, what you believe about abortion. Yeah. Is it murder or is it not? I remember that one lady, I can't remember her name. Um, she took five or four or five of her children. She started with the oldest first. Yeah. And drowned them in a, in a, in a bathtub. Yes. You know, and, and all of that. You know, murder is murder. It doesn't matter if it's those four children or it's someone in the womb. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I said, Mullick doesn't give up easy. No. Uh, and this is a murderous thing. And I will say this about Starbucks, and I think what you said was that, uh, perfect there. I mean, it's amazing how uh, this side who wants to kill innocent blood uh, is willing to boycott Walgreens because they're not going to sell it in states that have banned it. Yeah. And yet we have Christians that do not have enough backbone to stop buying coffee at Starbucks when Starbucks supports all these things. Not only just abortion, but they also support the gay rights and and, and anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm not trying to to judge anybody, but you know, it seems that the side of sin is more committed. Yeah, they're more committed to their efforts than Christians. Yeah, people who claim to know God. Yeah. I mean, I I don't understand the disconnect and, and I probably won't say any more about it than that. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell because you buy Starbucks coffee, but I'm not going to spend any of my money on any organization that I know. I mean, in other words, I know it. I know that they're doing something like this. You know, Pat, Pastor, the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ. Yes. Okay, now this is, now the, the, the great white throne judgment we know is that those who have rejected Christ are judged and then they're thrown into the lake of fire. They get their final destination. But when it comes to the judgment seat of Christ, it, it's a judgment of Christians of what we've done on this earth. Now you said, well, it may not send you to hell, but you it may be it may be brought up as conversation during that particular judgment. I mean, we, it could be. Well, uh, you know, and, and the thing when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, Paul talked about it. Well, the two letters he wrote mm-hmm. uh, to the Corinthians, and uh, and I believe it's in the second letter, and I'm thinking it's in chapter five, but I may be wrong, maybe chapter three. But there he talks about the judgment seat of Christ, and he makes a, a statement that I have always found interesting, mm-hmm. and that is he says, "Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men." Yes. Why would he use that statement in reference to the judgment seat of Christ? I, I mean, when I think about the terror of the Lord, uh, that's you know, and I and I wonder about you know even Jesus said he said do not fear the one who can destroy the body, mm-hmm. but fear him who can destroy both your body and soul in yeah. hell. Yeah. And there, I believe the Greek word is Guiana. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, it's you know we need to have a fear of God. Yes. And someone says, well, maybe I can do certain things and, you know, I'll be in the judgment of Christ. It'll be burned up by the fire and I'll be okay and I'll be saved by the fire. I, honestly, I think that's a horrible way to look at it. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, how do you know that with that kind of mentality, especially knowing that, that you might end up on the wrong side of judgment because you are one of those who apostatize yeah. in the last days. That's something to think about right there. You apostatize 
uh, you'll be making that first judgment. Well, he, here's the point, and I have brought this up uh, uh, in sermons because I want people to fear. The, I want people to fear the Lord. Yeah. And and one thing that we do not have is there is nothing said about someone who is an apostate. Now think about what an apostate is. An apostate is someone who has rebelled and has fallen and has chosen to abandon the faith. Yeah. And uh, and in that situation right there, that I don't see terms in the Bible that says you can be born again again. 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 Uh, and you know, and, and that there's no terms there. And by the way, we have not one example in Old or New Testament mm. of anyone that apostatized. I'm not talking about somebody that might have got disillusioned. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about somebody who just says, you know what, I'm not serving God anymore. I'm walking away from the church. Yeah. I'm, I, and just goes that way and goes in an abject rebellion against God. Okay, yeah. I, the, there, there is not one example of anyone who ever did that that we have ever found their way back. No. That God, no. By the way, salvation is God-centered, not man-centered. Right. So it's not like you apostatize and you know, well, I'll just get right with God later. No, that's not the way it works. It doesn't work that and, way. Uh, right. And so, you know, so when I say the fear of God, I want people to feel the weight of that. Yes. Because Paul certainly, when he said, knowing the terror of the Lord, yes. we persuade men. Yes. And, uh, and, and so those things should be taken seriously and because uh, this issue with abortion, yeah, uh, God was pretty clear to Noah when he got off the ark. The rest of God's word is pretty clear about this issue of innocent blood being shed. Yes, and uh, and the sanctity of life and life begins at conception. I argued with a guy on this. He did not believe this. He said it was the blood and all this, and the blood doesn't show up until this and whatever. Yeah, and you know, I said, come on, let's just quit mincing. Words. There is no con there is no life until there is conception. Yeah, life begins yeah. there. There is yeah. no other way to say it. Anybody yeah. that purposely goes out and uh -huh. tries to stop a pregnancy at that point, You're that is murder. I don't yes. care if it's Absolutely. one hour later. You know, even secular comedians. There's a couple of them, and uh, I don't listen to them very much, but I did hear one clip of one who actually got up there and said, no, you guys, come on. Let's start, let's let's face it. Let's let's see what it, what it is. He says, when you're going to the abortion clinic, you're going there to murder that baby. They're not there. He said, he said but, but own it. Own it. Own the fact that you are murdering a child. And let's just say, I believe in murdering children. He said, don't, don't sit there and try to negotiate the trimesters or what have you. He says, own it. And that's that's the thing. And even the world is coming out and saying, well, let's just... Well, but you see, it, it, what it is is the lines are being drawn. And uh, we're, we're seeing that well, either you're going to be on one side or the other of this thing. And so. I'm tired of mealy-mouthed politicians that call themselves conservative mm -hmm. and Republican. 
and they want to say, well, you know, abortion is, you know, it's murder, but if it's rape or incest, well, it's okay. No, it's not. A no. murder is no a murder. murder. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know why when someone is raped, we kill the baby. Why don't we put to death the one that raped the woman? Yes. I mean, what? I don't understand the disconnect. Uh, and by the way, this is the same. To me, I'm puzzled. Even the transsexual thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't understand the disconnect of that, especially when it comes to trying to give medicines to your children and all that. I mean, it, it's oh, yeah. crazy. And, but, uh, but, that, but that's what happens. That's Romans chapter 1, mm -hmm. that when people uh, exchange the truth of God for a lie and they choose to worship the creature rather than the creator, creation. what does God do? He right. gives them up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it, there's a theological term attached to that, and it's called the abandonment judgment of God. And uh, that God, he just simply gives people up. In other words, he leaves you to your devices. But here's the thing. You can see that in the Old Testament, too. Yeah. yeah. And God would. He would allow people. He just say, you want to worship Baal? You want to you want to go this way? You want to serve the Astroth? You want to do this stuff? Do it. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm, I'm not going to get in the way of you doing it. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. But he would also call prophets to prophesy, and that's why Jesus said, which of the prophets have you not killed? Your father's not killed. Yeah. They would come in and prophesy against this to draw God's people back. And uh, and, and the thing which we see in Israel and in Judah, the, the, the division of nations, is that there comes a point where you reach a point of no return. And there's mm -hmm. a term in the Bible that says when the cup of iniquity is full, full. God will pour, pour out, out the judgment. Yeah. And so in the abandonment of, of judgment of God, that's why he calls people like myself and many others to call our people back, our nation back. Mm -hmm. But if we don't listen, and I want you to listen to me today, if we don't listen to the call of repentance, yeah. if we don't stop this nonsense, God will, he will judge our nation and I don't care what nation you live in. He'll judge your nation. Yes. Because there comes a point where God says enough is enough. And when the cup of iniquity is full, it will be poured out on that nation. And I don't want to see that in our country. Yes. I love uh, the United States of America. I've never lived anywhere except in this country. And that's why we're doing what we're doing on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, because we're not trying to condemn people. We're trying to bring out a reality that God is holy. Yes, and he's he called is. us to be Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And you talked about fearing the Lord. We will get into some of this here. Some of the, the words in this particular next section talk about fearing God. Uh, the people are actually doing things to others where they say, you need to fear yes, the Lord. It's amazing. So, um, but anyway, but yeah, that, that that's what's going on. This is what's happening in our nation. I do want to say something that's good. In the state of Florida, uh, the word came that they canceled the gay pride uh, parade this year well, because of the anti-trans laws in Florida. So we got we actually have one state that is actually standing up for what is right. Yeah, and uh, and it's well, you you hate it? No, we don't hate we don't the hate people. No, I pity them. I feel sorry for them. You see, the thing is, what we're doing is we're trying to legislate their mental illness, and this is just ridiculous. We are loving our neighbor as we would love ourselves. If I was going into that situation mm -hmm. in a complete defiance of what God used as morality 
that should exist between a man and a woman yeah. who are married, and we're going to go outside that, I would hope somebody would call me to repentance. Yes, absolutely. I hope somebody would love me enough to say, hey, Pastor Paul, this is unholy, and, you know, you you got to turn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, and if you're a Christian out there, I want you to understand, you may have situations in your family. I mean, I have a grandchild uh, that, that married a, a a granddaughter who married a woman, and uh, and I understand the pain and the and the pressure that you can have uh, put on you at a moment like that. Yeah. But it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. No. We call all men, all women, to repentance. The repentance, yeah. And uh, and, it, and the it, thing it, is, if your kids are are not saved or they're not uh, not going to heaven. You're going to be doing your best to at least give them the gospel, to pray for them, to yes. you know. And the thing is, is that it doesn't matter that they're well, they're, they're in your your family. It's it's closer, and yes, it hurts. It's it's something that's. But the thing is, if you love them, you will give them the gospel. Yeah, you, you you'll don't give them the truth. Yes, you'll stand for the truth and show them what it means to to stand for the truth. And for what what the the Bible says and what God says, so anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Um, uh, just just another, just one more quick uh, little thing here. Um, this last week, I think it was about a week ago or whatever, I was went and uh, uh, re. I don't know what they were going to call my ordination papers as an evangelist. So and that that was with the organization that are with, and it was an it was a great service that we went to. And one thing I noticed that I I told you about, Pastor, before, what I thought was really good, was that organization felt it was necessary in their bylaws and in their statement of faith to reiterate their stand on the subjects of abortion and on homosexuality. And that, well, of course, they're against it or opposed to that. And, but they wanted to make sure that all of their, uh, ministers and all of their people, all the ones that were in these churches and all that, understood where they stood on these subjects, you know, and I think it would be so much, it would be so good if all of the, uh, you know, mainstream uh, denominations or whatever organizations would actually take a stand and say, this is what we're going to stand for. It it would be nice. Quit Uh, milly-mouthing around and quit compromising Unless we have a great revival in our nation that affects every denomination, every fellowship. In other words, we have another reformation of a sort. Yes. Uh, we're probably not going to see that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, all right. Let's, let's, we're, okay, let's focus it back in here. This is some good stuff here. Um, and But that's, that's what's up to date here on the news. And from time to time, we will bring that information out for you. Um, we don't stick our heads in the sand. Say we need to do. We need to address those issues biblically, uh, from what we're doing here with the institute and with uh, the foundation podcast and all that. And we will. We're going to tell you exactly what the Word of God says. But uh, now we're going back into um, uh, Leviticus. I almost said Deuteronomy. Uh, Leviticus chapter nineteen. We're going to begin with the ninth verse today with the ninth verse and I'll read the first chunk and then pastor you can read the next chunk and then we'll just discuss them as we flow through this 
I love this. Uh, uh, this gleaning thing is just amazing. But anyway, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, and you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. I love how he just says, hey, listen, I am the Lord. <laughs> it kind of seals it with that. So, Pastor, I was going to ask you a question. What is a gleaning? Well, when you're reaping, uh, you know, of course, they use different means than we do today. But, uh, but when you're reaping a harvest, there's going to be some of this stuff that's going to, you know, fall to the side you know, of the of the field, depending yes. on, especially the corners and stuff like that. You know, you're taking some kind of instrument and you're hacking and whatever. That's hard work. Oh, yeah. uh, even if you're using a combine, you're still going to have some of the same things. Yes, things but, are going to fall but, off. But things are going to fall off in, 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 on the corners and mm -hmm. places like that. And and the point was is that this was this was God's uh, way of, of of taking care of the poor. To take care of even the stranger. Notice he, the, the term stranger. This is somebody, and, and, well, first of all, this is our first glimpse, really, other than when God spoke to Abraham. He said, and, and, you know, and, and you all nations will be blessed. Mm -hmm. But here we have a reiteration of it. He mentions a stranger. This is someone who's not an Israelite. This yeah. is someone who's not, they, in other words, he was already talking in terms of someone who does not have a covenant with God, with Yahweh. Leave something for them too. Yeah. God wants to save people. That's the point you take of it. Yeah. He doesn't care where you came from, what your color is. He doesn't care how you were raised. God loved the world that much. That's why I gave his son. That's good stuff. And so we, we see, we already see the foreshadowing of it, right? Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I was reading something uh, mm -hmm. from a, stu a study Bible at Dakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, 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 we I, I like Dake's uh, annotated reference Bible. It's uh, you can get it on software too. But, mm -hmm. but here he he gave five different things. He said, "Do not reap your fields clean. Don't reap them clean. Yeah, do yeah, not gather it. the gleanings of the harvest. In other words, the stuff in the corners and places, yeah. or even if it doesn't happen in the corner, just don't get it. Yeah. Just leave it there. Leave it there. Uh, and do not glean your 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 vineyard. In other words, make sure that you don't do that. Don't mm -hmm. just come and oh, we missed some stuff. Let's go get it. Uh, and then leave the gleanings of your field and your vineyard for the poor. And this is how he put it. This was God's plan to help care for the poor. And so the generous left plenty for them, and it created a spirit of love between neighbors. And of course, David, so, yeah. look into the context there. Love mm -hmm. your neighbors yourself. And this is how he did it. So the poor are our neighbors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The stranger and, is your neighbor. And you know what I love about this whole thing is God is concerned about the poor. Yes, he is. I mean, there it is. You know, my wife, uh, she loves to grow gardens and and all like that. And, uh, and she's always giving stuff away out of the mm -hmm. garden. And the reason why is because when you plant a garden and and if you get a good yield on it, you couldn't eat all that if you wanted to. No. And no. so, you know, we, I, I, she had me the other night. We had some really nice romaine lettuce growing. Okay. I mean, it's beautiful. And I, you almost pick it every day. Okay. And you get the outside leaves, and they're really, and they're really 
dark and they're they're different than what you get in the store. Okay. And uh, and you know so you know she has a way she processes them or how she does them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was able to give some you know y'all like romaine and we gave them some and, and it's just good stuff. But but you know that's the spirit of what God was saying here, mm -hmm. and that is, hey, you're not gonna eat all this. Leave it for the poor. Yes. Leave it for the stranger. Yeah, and uh, somebody who would be, uh, you know, that's the thing, is generosity, giving, giving to the poor. And that's how, you know, the thing is, you're reaping a harvest, right? So we're reaping a harvest, but there's going to have overage. That overabundance and stuff like that, that needs to go to the poor and help others. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, God, God I, 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 <laughs> It's very clear, God is not for the greedy individual. He doesn't like that. The greed is not, is not good with God. And um, got the uh, gleanings and stuff, so he takes care of them. So like uh, on the sides of the fields, that's where people would be kind of walking by. I remember, well, back in the day, back in the, um, oh, goodness, well, I was a kid. And I remember that there were some people, they, they had all these... Um, Strawberry. This is up north in uh, Minnesota, and they had uh, raspberries and blueberries and all this type of thing. They let us kids come over there with our little baskets and go ahead and pick them off. We take them home and eat them. And uh, the thing is, well, you know, today, man, you get in there, you're you're worried about getting shot. You're trying to take somebody's corn or something, man. I mean, but. Um, but yeah, and that, that's the thing, and that, that, that the whole spirit uh, of generosity, of reaching out to the poor. So, but let me ask you this, Pastor. Do you feel that God expects us, it's our responsibility to reach out to the poor? Yes, I do believe that. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and everyone, you know, according to what God's blessed you with. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, we, like I said, I, not bringing any attention to myself or anything like that, but but we've been in many different circumstances. My wife and I, and you know, I mean, we've helped buy Christmas presents for people. You know, when God blesses you, you have something to give. And and the way I've looked at it is that God has taken care of me and my family pretty well. I'm thankful for Him. Yeah. And so I've I've had money. <laughs> I, I remember once I had an extra six hundred dollars. I mean, it came from an unexpected place, and uh, I didn't work for it. I didn't yeah. earn it. You know, I mean, it was just so it blessed me with it, and uh, and I and I, you know, I felt like the Lord was prompting me to give this to someone, and I said, "Well, Lord, I'm I'm more than willing to do it, but you know, <laughs> I need my wife to agree with me on this. So I need to <laughs> yeah. speak to her. Not that I had any doubt yeah. about it because." Yeah. She's got a giving nature that I I don't even have. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, but uh, but but I thought you know if you want me to do this, then you can speak to her about the same thing. And so I waited, you know, a good twenty four hours. Sure. And I and I told her I said, hey, you know that that six hundred dollars that we just got, and uh, and I had six one hundred dollar bills. Okay. And uh, and I said, you know, uh, well, you know, I said. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's we don't need it. I mean, it's nice to get it. Don't misunderstand. I mean, yeah. God does like to bless yeah. you, and sometimes He'll allow you to use some of that 
rest of to get some of your little toys. Mm -hmm. But this just didn't feel like that moment. And uh, and I and I sat there and I said, um, I said, I I kind of feel like we should give it yeah. away and not make a big deal out of it. This is several years ago. And uh, and she she mentioned the gentleman's name. She said, I think you need to give it to him. Okay. I told her, I said, that's exactly what I thought. And it was such a it was such a a blessing to to me. We didn't make a big deal about the person we gave it to. I mean I just I went up to the person and I said, Hey, God blessed us with something. Yes. And my wife and I just really felt like we were supposed to give it to you. We don't make a big deal about it. We don't want you to tell anybody about it. Mm -hmm. and, and just gave it. And you know what I did not know is it was such an impact on him. Yes. I hadn't God doesn't tell you everything. No, he just like the cleaning of these fields, you yeah. don't know. You don't know who you the poor know. and the stranger may be. You mm -hmm. don't, sometimes you don't know, but sometimes you do. Yeah. And you know the the, the story and 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 Ruth with Boaz and Ruth and the mm -hmm. gleanings and stuff yeah. like that. You know, he, he got to know. Yeah. Of course, it made a big impact in his life too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But uh, he found him a wife there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, so. But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying there is that uh, sometimes you get to know who you're helping. Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't yeah. always know. The point of it is, is that anything that has to do with greed, man, fight that. Fight yeah. it as hard as you can. Yeah. I had, a, I had a business that I had, you know, that I was doing uh, a networking business, and I'm not in one right now, but... But uh, but at the time I was I felt like it was an opportunity and that business began to prosper and I I remember the first time that I got a check uh, it was five hundred and fifty dollars that's yeah. not a lot of money no, but no, but I just I just said you know what I I didn't even have to hesitate I just signed the back of that check I brought it in and, I, and my deacons were there and, and I said here and uh, and I said uh, you know I'm just Given this to, to the church, I don't want anybody to know about it. And they said, "Well, Pastor, that's what God blessed you with." I said, "Yes, He did." And this is to ensure myself that I will not have a problem with greed, and I get the right motivation for why yeah, I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah. And so the next week, I got one the, almost the same amount. Yep. The next week, I came in. I said, "You know what? In my heart, give that one too." Yeah. And yet, I had so much fun doing that, and God ended up blessing that business of mine in ways that at that moment I could have never dreamed of. And even though I'm not in that anymore and I'm not gonna bother to tell you what it was, yeah. it just, that's not the point. Uh, the, the point is, I, the, for that period of time, which existed for almost 10 years, that brought a level of prosperity in my life that was really life-changing. Yes. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I was able then, and that wasn't the only time I did something like that, but, uh, but you know, it, it, the, the point of it is, this is what, you fight the greed. If you want to, yeah. you can say you love your neighbor as yourself, but you know what? Sometimes God will say, prove it. Yeah. He'll give you an opportunity so you'll know in your heart that you really do. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at two, two in, in this particular verse and that we need to, to, to pull from this. First of all, the poor and the stranger. The poor, the stranger. 
Now, I, I know several ministries. I mean, there's one ministry down in Austin, mid-Austin, that we've been down there. We've gone down at times to uh, back in the past to minister, hand out food, that type of thing. And the thing here is this, is one thing that you notice about them is they, they hand out food because the stranger is not a covenant yeah. person. Like in, in, the, in the Hebrew or in Israel back there. So the thing is, is that you can reach out and that can be a ministry to other people who are not saved, right? And that can minister to their heart and actually may help uh, lead them to Christ. And the thing, uh, you know, and the, the whole thing about oh, the world with the church, one of the money and all this, you we have such horrible depictions of greed and 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 manipulation and all that coming from well TV evangelists or whatever pulling tricks or or hiring people to come up with the crises that they're going to tell you about you'll never see that from here I tell you you'll never see that from us or from the institute I'll tell you that, that that's one thing I told God I'll never we'll never do that now the thing is is that uh, in the, then uh, doing that type of thing, and then the world just thinks, well, they're all in it for the money. They want to get, they want to just juice everybody and, and, and manipulate them into giving. And the fact of the matter is, is that those who are true to God that really do not have that spirit of greed, that they are not greedy, they reach out like that ministry I was just talking about and give, and they feed all these homeless people out there, and then they minister the gospel of, of Jesus. People get prayed for down there. Heck, I, I've heard of people getting healed down there, um, and God healing them. I, I mean, this is, this is the power of God. This is the power of God. And when it comes to the poor, uh, yeah, we need to reach out to them. I mean, if, you, if somebody, if God puts some, we can't solve everybody's problem. There's going to be, Jesus said that the poor will always be with you. Yes, true. We can't solve one individual. I can't solve everybody in Calcutta's problem. I mean, you give to that ministry or that's helping them out, that's fine. But the thing is, if God puts them in your pathway, do something about it. Yeah, that, that, that's the big thing right there. No, I mean, even these gleanings, it yeah. wouldn't feed every poor person in Israel or every stranger that might pass through there. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. It's not about whether they could help everyone. It's about you leave this, and I'll bring who I need over there to get it. Yes. And, uh, and so our job is to be generous. Our job is to give. Our, our, that's our part in the, in the equation. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's God's part to distribute it. Uh, even Paul's teaching about giving to the Corinthians, he uses the ideal of sowing and reaping, and he uses the ideal of those who sow bountifully or reap bountifully. But he, he makes a very important thing there. He said, it is God who provides seed for the sower. Yes. In other words, you sow this, and, uh, and in doing that, uh, you so bountifully then God blesses you but then not only does he bless you he gives you more seed to sow and and what it is it's an issue of what can God trust you with yeah uh, 
and, 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 and Jesus talked about the idea you can't serve God and money. money. Yeah. And so, you know, can, can God trust us uh, with, with finances? Just like could, could he trust these farmers to leave gleanings mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. on, their, on their field? And when you obey the Lord in those areas, when you help the poor, you help the needy. And, and, and by the way, some doesn't always have to be poor for you to bless them. But sure. especially if you're doing that, uh, what is God going to do? Well, he's going to give you more seed. He's going to yeah. bring more for you. because, And, and, and every time he does it, it's a test. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to be faithful with it? Are yes. you going to do what God wants you to do? And if you will do it, mm -hmm. he'll continue to provide seed to the sower. And mm -hmm. I believe in this case, God says, I'll bless your harvested, harvest. And in fact, what were the what were the judgment signs against Israel when they were sinning? Famine, famine, yeah, famine, yeah. You know, droughts, things same. like that. And mm -hmm. why was that? Well, that affected the agricultural concepts mm -hmm. of, of the uh, the land of Israel or even Judah. Yeah. So, you know, we do. That's why we want to do what God wants. And isn't it amazing? That this issue of taking care of the poor and the stranger and loving your neighbors yourself is right in the heart of God's holiness code where he talks about some serious issues of morality yeah. uh, and, and, and also in some issues of witchcraft and spiritism oh, yeah. and, and things, and we'll get to that. Uh, but but right here in the middle of all this, in the context of it, you know, uh, you'll, you know, let me just read verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or betray a grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbors yourself. I am the Lord. And anyway, this is this is all building up to Verse that. 18 is really Yeah, that's everything that's being said here mm -hmm. is building up. Even as it related to wages yes. uh, that, that people were to be paid, all of it builds up to that ideal. You, If you want to love me, then love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And, and, and this that's good. And I think we'll just wrap. We'll go on to the next section here. But realize that the poor and those who are not born again or sell or saved are our neighbors. I mean, it's very clear that what he's saying here. Those people are our neighbors, and we need to treat them. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, Pastor, let's go on to 11 and we'll read that chunk. Okay. He said, You shall not steal or deal falsely nor lie to one another. You see those concepts in mm -hmm. a lot of Paul's writing. Uh, you shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of the Lord, uh, the name of your God, I am the Lord. And then notice what he says here. You shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. Uh, and then he says, you shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall revere your God. In other words, you'll reverence him. Uh, I am the Lord. And then he goes on to say, you shall not do, do injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor. Not, you shall not be partial to the poor nor defer the great, but you are to judge your neighbor uh, fairly. And then he goes on to talk about the slandering, uh, that God says don't do that. And then that will ultimately get into that other part. Yeah. Uh, what I find fascinating about that 
is notice what he says there. Uh, I'm not supposed to steal from my neighbor. No. I'm not supposed to um, deal falsely with him. I'm not to lie to him. Uh, I'm not to oppress my neighbor. In other words, if I'm hiring somebody, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't cheat them out of the money mm -hmm. that they're owed. Uh, in this context, you pay people daily, and why would that be? Well, because a lot of the people that were working for those who had means, that's all they had. They didn't have a bank to put their money in. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had to they had to get what they got that day so they could eat that day. Yes, yes. And uh, and and that you know, and so all of that goes back into, well, how do I love my neighbor as myself? I mean, how do I do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I cheat and steal from him. I'm, I mean, the issue with the blind and the deaf. I mean, you would think who would be so <laughs> that one. That one really stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean you think you should fear the Lord. Yeah. I mean, if you don't fear God, you'd be uh, going in here cursing the deaf yeah. or put a stumbling block before the blind. You trip a blind person. You have no fear of God in your life. You do that if you you know. And Proverbs talks about those individuals who make it their their goal to go out and cause trouble, and they think it's funny. Yeah, you know when we were kids, I, I don't know. There's a, no not this, but I mean we talk about going out and you do some pranks or what have you like that that were more mundane. But I mean you literally sit there and and, and trip a blind man. Or steal the cane, or I mean, this is the, the, to me, it's cruel, very, very cruel. And, and yet, you know, going back to it, you would probably have a lot of people uh, that would say, "Yeah, man, I tell you, that's wrong. You shouldn't treat a blind man that way, or a deaf man that way." Well, let me let me ask you, why would you want someone to treat the unborn that way? Yeah, you know, I, I. Mm -hmm. I, I you know, like I said, let's save all the wells, but let's kill all the babies. Yeah. I mean, this this disconnect from the 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 innocent blood, the the unborn child uh, uh, is, and, and I don't want to harp on that over and over again, but but the, uh, it's, it's probably says it's that trans that shed innocent blood are an abomination to God. We're not talking about just a little uh, white lie that you took. We're talking an abomination before God. Why is it that when uh, tests are done on uh, pregnant women to determine whether this child has Down syndrome mm -hmm. or, or this or that, and we want to do that so in case they want to abort it, what's the difference between that and tripping the blind or putting a stumbling block on them or doing something to someone who is deaf. I mean, all of this is cruel. And, and, and God does, this is not how you love your neighbor as no. yourself. Well, you know, you ask yourself the question, well, if they come back and say, well, my, my kid's going to be deaf, are you going to kill it? Are you going to abort it? Or are you going to go ahead and have that child and love that child? And if this is your first time to watch this video, yeah, we would encourage you to go back watch some of the others on the Holiness Code. We're not talking in a vacuum here. No. We're not just pulling <coughs> things out of our hat, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when you go back into uh, chapter 18, what what does God say here uh, that, uh, that, well, let me get to it. Uh, we, we should not, uh, right here, yes, verse 21, this is uh, Leviticus 18. 18 you shall not give 
any of your offspring to offer them to Molech, uh, nor shall you profane the name of, of, of your God, uh, the Lord. And notice how he puts this same concept in here. Uh, here he talks about, uh, you shall not bear, verse 12 you, uh, of chapter 19, you shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then in verse 14 about cursing the deaf man or placing a stumbling block before the blind, you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. And, uh, and then he goes on in verse 16. It says, you shall not go about as a slanderer among your people. You are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. In other yeah. words, Lord, what he's saying is, based on what I'm telling you, uh, you're not to do. Yeah. Now, I, I realize that some people have been taught bad, and they'll say, well, you know, this is part of the law, and we're not under the law. But let me explain something here. God has not changed. No. I mean, if we, you said we quote scriptures all day long, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, or we can quote out of, the, uh, out, out of the Old Testament, I am the Lord, I do not change. When God puts his name and attaches it to something, yes. he's serious about it. He's not like, you know, God, you know, the Lord was like a psycho in the Old Testament, yeah. and then all of a sudden he became, you know, whatever, a teddy bear in the new. No, God's always holy. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, ask Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. Ask uh, King Herod that God sent an angel to strike him and he died worms. being eaten up with worms. Yeah. Go talk to, to talk to Elimus in uh, chapter 13 of, of Acts who got struck with blindness yeah. because he opposed the gospel. You know, you would think you were reading down in the Old Testament reading this. Yeah. You know why? Because the Old Testament was the gospel. The Old Testament was the Bible yes. of the early church. And how do we know that? Because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. Yeah. And so whoever sold you that bill of lies that says that this, this holiness code does not apply to you has lied to you, I would suggest finding another church to go to. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're leading you down the wrong path. I mean, if somebody led you down the wrong path, uh, he said, well, it's their fault. No, it's your fault because you don't know. Uh, you, you've been warned. God says to read the Bible. You're not reading the Bible. And you're not holding these individuals uh, to the flame when it comes to uh, the truth. So the thing is, and I'm going to tell you what, that preacher that led you down a bad path is not going to be standing with you at the judgment when God is looking at you. And he's going to say, what did you do? What did you do? Yeah, we, we don't we don't slander people. That's no. sinful. Uh, let, let's let's tie this up in verse yeah. in eighteen. I'd like you to comment on this, Steve. Okay. But he said, "You shall not hate." Verse seventeen. Your fellow countrymen. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that blind, deaf, whoever. Yeah. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. Uh, you may uh, uh, surely reprove your neighbor, mm -hmm. but shall not incur sin because of it. Yeah. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Once again, I, I am the Lord. The Lord. Now, uh, what, what it's saying here, and I'm, I'm going to go up to 17, is the, where the paragraph begins. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. 
Folks, hatred. Now, here's a couple of things. What do we define hatred by, Pastor? We define it by, by you hating them because, I don't know, you have something against them, whatever. They did something to you, you think, or what have you. Unforgiveness. Uh, bitterness. Uh, these are terms that come out of hatred. But also prejudice. Yes, de definitely. All, all of this is hate. And right here, you know, that's what I'm saying. You're not going to hate your brother in your heart. He's talking about your strangers and all this type of thing. Uh, rebuking your, or, bear, or not bear sin because of him. Uh, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. For you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, you look at the, okay, first of all, a person who bears a grudge. What is that? That's bitterness. That's hatred. That's unforgiveness. Jesus said, what did he say in the, in the prayer, or the, the Lord's Prayer, or whatever, we were reading that, he says, forgive, uh, Lord, you know, uh, forgive those uh, trespasses. I always used to say, trespasses against, uh, uh, my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. In other words, you forgive others, because that, uh, I mean, we've, I mean, I think in the last few weeks we talked about the effects of unforgiveness on a person. Yes. And this is talking about Christians. Okay, now he, here he's talking about the children of Israel. But you've got to be able to understand that a Christian needs to take a look at this and say, I have to follow this. It didn't pass away with the apostles. You know, this, you have to follow this. This is what the, this is the holiness code. This is what God was saying to us. So you not hate your brother. Your brother your neighbor can be any type of skin color. Yes. Prejudice is hatred. You know, I said, and I'm not, okay, I'm just going to say it. I stood, this is decades ago. I stood, and I, I, I happened to be in a living room with uh, some some a pastor and a bunch of his deacons, not this pastor at all, but um, I'm talking about decades ago. In a, and he's over here and he's talking and yeah, and then then he, what I heard come out of his mouth was the N word. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna glorify it here and say it. He used the N word. You know what I'm saying. I. It, it, it sickened me because I didn't realize, I did, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just, my head was in the sand at that point. But the thing here is, is that we have preachers that are standing behind pulpits that are prejudiced and can use that kind of derogatory terminology about black people. Shame on you, not more shame on you. God, uh, I don't know why you're standing behind that pulpit. You know, it's amazing when I was, uh, I probably shouldn't mention the city because that would, well, I won't mention the city. But I was pastoring in the hill country, I'll just say that. And I was there for uh, a little over five years. My, my wife and I, we were really young. We just got out of college, uh, out of Southwestern. And uh, so we are cutting our teeth, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know what was so sad is uh, there was a, a family there uh, had some of the, they were they were people of color. I never looked at them that way, but mm -hmm. you know I'm just making that observation so we can understand what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I got very close to that family, and uh, because the the majority of the family went to another church, 
in town. But they, you know, they were Pentecostal, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got it. But when I heard that the pastor in the service was making racial jokes, I'm what what happened on Sunday morning? Wow, making racial jokes and and doing that. And I looked at why do you go there? Yeah, why? I mean, I, 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 I just could not, I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. that, that bothered me. That, that still bothers me. And uh, now on the flip side of this, he did say this, and this is just a general, is that in verse 17, you should not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. He said, you may surely reprove your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your neighbor might do something that irritates you, okay, or hurts yeah. you. He's not saying you can't go talk to him about it. No. He said you, you can reprove him and say, hey, I, I, I don't don't treat me this way anymore. Yeah. You know, because that's not right. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he said you will not incur sin because of it. What did James say? I'm sorry, not James. Paul, uh, I think it's in Ephesians 5, he said be angry, angry and, sin and, not. and do not sin. Yeah. yeah. So no, you know, there there could be something that frustrates you. I mean, maybe somebody said something to you or whatever. You know, rather than harbor unforgiveness, mm-hmm. take the old Matthew eighteen road. Go talk to them. Yes. Go talk. You know, most I, most of the time, I found out that if you approach somebody the right way, and you know, you just say, "Hey, look, you know, this kind of I may have got this wrong, but you said such and such." That kind of hurt my feelings. I felt like that, you know, maybe I got it all wrong, but you know, I am almost everyone was, oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Now they might just be saying that because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. But you know what you do? You heal a situation like yes. that. There's always going to be somebody that you can't get through. Don't misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. But 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 rather than sit there and let something fester over and over again, if you've got a problem with somebody, just go talk. To him about it. Yes. yes. Uh, that, I'm, I'm giving that as pastoral advice there. Uh, well, I've you seen see, so this, much of this. This is amazing. You see how Paul is reaching back into the holiness code yes. to talk about these things. Yeah, you can be angry. I mean, there's things that do bother us that someone can do, but you know what? We don't let the sun go down on our wrath. We don't We don't allow this thing to infect to fester, what do we do? We 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 reprove them. We go talk mm-hmm. to them, and 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 so by doing that, we don't incur sin. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we 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 have to stay away from sin. You got to watch your heart, and I think that's one of the big ones right there. You got to watch your because heart. he goes in the next verse and says, "Don't take vengeance." Yeah, don't. Jesus take said something. He said, "Don't go up the paying, repaying this for that or what have you." Um, I think it was on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was talking about taking. And he says it not take vengeance. In other words, you don't get even. So getting even is against God's holy uh, holiness code. It's against what God is saying that you should or should not do. Taking vengeance. He says you leave God to take vengeance. He will, trust me. You people, what you reap, you sow. And I've seen that happen time and time again. And uh, the thing is, is that, but that's not 
yours or it's not my place to do that. No, to, to no, get even no it's not. And, uh, and, and, you know, and unforgiveness just, you know, and then the ideal of a grudge. I've yeah, met so many people that grudge. And what is the concept that you shall love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Uh, he said, I am the I Lord. Am that, the that, Lord. That's how, I mean, so I realize that sometimes people may cause you pain. They, they may even do things that they never repent of, even if you go talk to them and you bring somebody else and the whole matter goes before the church. Uh -huh. Okay, I mean, it's possible that you will meet people like this. They're very unlikely, but, mm -hmm. but you may. Uh, and uh, But it doesn't matter. We don't take vengeance. We don't hold grudges. Nope. We don't hate people in the heart. Mm -hmm. And Jesus gave the, the remedy for all of it, pray for your enemies. Pray for people who despitefully use you. That's how we keep our heart clean uh, in regard to that. Pastor, what I'd like to do, let me. I'm going to jump back up to 11. I'm going to give a, just a, a quick action, maybe a one-line grocery list of the different things that come out here. First of all, not stealing from your neighbor. Uh, not manipulating your neighbor. Okay, dealing falsely, that's what he talks about. Do not lie to your neighbor. Lying, okay. Then he says, you're not supposed to swear by my name falsely. And a lot of that has to do with making false promises and not fulfilling them. Trust me, make a false promise, don't fulfill it, you will have trouble. Um, my, my, you know what? What uh, our kids are really? Uh, my kids, a couple of my kids, were really adamant about that. Man, if you said that you're going to do this with them and you didn't, they would hold your uh, feet to the fire on this. Don't swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your Lord God. Okay, that's that's pretty easy. You shall not cheat your neighbor, cheating them in money. And then it gets into those uh, thing about employing other people. So God literally speaks to how we run our businesses, Pastor. Yes, He does, and uh, and, and that is some very. So if you're a businessman, you own your own business, you have employees, uh, whether you just have one or you have a bunch, uh, God is going to hold you responsible mm -hmm. on the day of judgment on how you dealt with your employees. And, uh, and just remember this, what if you were the employee, how would you want to be treated? And uh, and that, that normally solves most of that, if we yeah. just adhere to that. Well, you know, I've seen people uh, try to jack prices up on things just so they could get their fix at that one time, and then uh, and then they disappear. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen some, <laughs> I, I've had my own businesses, I've dealt in the business community, I've dealt with... Uh, uh, for many years, and I've seen all sorts of wonderful stuff. About, I'm being facetious. Uh, go on, going on in that, that type of thing. You don't cheat people in business, especially you're, you're a Christian and you, you have a business, and you're going to be cheating people, or you're going to be overcharging them, or or what have you, or treating them bad. Okay, anyway, I'll, I'll get off of that. That could be a tangent for me. Uh, the wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until the morning. Stop holding back money from those you owe. I mean, that are working for you. Those people have families to feed. But that, that's what he's talking about. You hold the money back, and then they, and their kids are starving while you're holding the money back. And you're a Christian. 
Yeah, okay. that, that is that. Well, that's sinful. It's it's certainly not loving your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try to behave here. You shall not. Then of course we talked about the deaf. You're being cruel to people that have uh, disabilities. Well, I don't care if they're deaf, they're blind, they're you know. And how are you treating those that are, are may, maybe they maybe they were had the Down syndrome? Maybe they they were uh, uh, you know uh, how can I put this? Mentally challenged. I'll try try to use some nice terminology like that. And you're over there making fun of them. Yeah, and that, that's sad. That that is really really sad. You know what I have learned through uh, experience. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. I don't care if they're Down syndrome, if they've got autism. If you talk to people with respect, and yeah, genuinely show you love people. It's amazing what kind of impact that has, not only not only on them but also on you. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, and it's just, but but let's think about it. We say that God loves everybody. God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son. What? That's what God expects from us. And I realize that it is a challenge, especially when you're talking about family and you're talking about even some people that you know real well. And people will betray you. I, I get it. You're going to go through some things, but you know you got to keep your heart from sin. And, uh, and and I think that's one of the most that scripture right there. You may re, you can surely reprove your neighbor. Yes, but do not incur sin. sin. Yeah. And so you know all of that was I want to make sure that I still love my neighbor because why he says I am the Lord. That's what God said after the I am your God. I am the Lord. Yeah. And uh, and so you know th this is important. And if you, if you study the Holiness Code and you're looking at it, you say, well, this some of this stuff seems uninteresting. There's nothing uninteresting about God's Word. No. All of it has an application. Yes, it does. And I hope you can understand that with us going through what's called some of the sundry laws there. And say, well, I'm gonna skip over that. I want to get that good stuff, that witchy, witchy stuff, you know, yeah. so I can understand. Yeah, what we'll God. get there. Yeah, that, that's really that. interesting. I must yeah. admit, it's probably more it's interesting, interesting to talk but, about. Uh, but this is practical where we live. Yeah. So whether we're talking about gleaning the fields and taking care of the poor, or not being cruel, or being prejudiced, or not hating one another, yeah. and all, all of that is applicable right now mm -hmm. to each one of us at this moment. Yeah. And, uh, so if you're if you're watching this, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue in nineteen when we come back uh, yep. again, and uh, uh, and, and you know, it, it's gonna get into some of that controversial stuff. Of course, you know uh, we we said enough about abortion today. We might yeah, we, you know, we, we, we may it may take us a while to get it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we, we'll get it through. We'll get it through there. Um, just so so much information. Please go about and read these scriptures here. We didn't even uh, t touch on the tail bearer. You got your mouth um, wagging. Um, and well, we talked about the slander. Yeah, right? and uh, uh, holding prejudice uh, against well, not prejudice, but partiality to yeah. other people. And, uh, and by the way, that was you don't show partiality to the poor or, or the to great. The, the great. That's James. Yeah. I love James. Yeah, e that. either one. I yeah. mean, in other words, we want to treat everybody equally. The only issue with the poor and the stranger had to do with the gleaning of the fields and mm -hmm. how much you pay people. But beyond that, we're going to be equally just with everyone. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm just going to throw it in for two seconds. Stop the clicks in church. And in, you know, when I went to college, I mean, Bible college, they had clicks. They got churches, they all, you know, talking about that. That is partiality. Yes, it is, and it's sinful. And, uh, and, and Paul dealt with it very severely to the Corinthians in the first letter. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that kind of stuff is, and, and, you know, that's not how we love the Lord, and that's not how we love our neighbor as ourselves. Yep. You shall love the Lord, uh, your neighbor as yourself. Now, you ask yourself, who is my neighbor? And then, yeah. Everybody needs Jesus. at least a couple of friends to get on your nerves a little bit. You'll grow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all righty, folks, we're going to have to wind it up. Um, yeah. I mean, the, we you can start digging deep into some of this stuff, and we could go for hours. But uh, read it yourself. Please follow along with it. Read it in your own Bibles as we go. We're going to get into uh, some wonderful stuff next week oh boy anyway anyway uh thank you for tuning in pastor uh let's go ahead and i guess could you pray before we head out sure heavenly father what a privilege it is to be able to study this all of your word is alive and powerful and uh and, and lord i'm just asking as we go through this lord we we want to make sure that our heart is right Yes. that we would love those that watch this video love our neighbors we would love ourselves and mm -hmm. we do and we're so thankful for all the people that do watch yes. and we just we just want to always glorify you and in this passage how many times do we see I'm your God I am the Lord mm -hmm. and so Lord help us to reverence you by obeying your word help us to be generous help us to be people uh, that that truly would be kind and considerate, no matter who we're talking about. And uh, and and Lord, if we have problems, and we will uh, occasionally have those, mm -hmm. Lord, we can go to that person. We can talk to them and not talk down, but talk to them. Yeah. And uh, and and Lord, so many relationships can be healed if we would just do that. But ultimately, Lord. We don't want any unforgiveness in our heart. No. We don't want any greed in our heart. We certainly don't want to have vengeance or grudges or hate. But, but, but Lord, we want to make sure that we always love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And help us with that. Help everyone who's watching with that. If there's anyone here today that's watching this and they don't know you, maybe they just stumbled across this video and they just... You know, maybe they just listen because they found it interesting. And, you know, Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would draw them to a place. Uh, and if you're doing that right now, Lord, if you're drawing them, I pray uh, that they will repent. They'll give their life to Jesus Christ. And they can be truly born again. And then if that happens, Lord, and they do that, then I pray, God, that you would lead them to a good church to go to where they can get discipleship and they can... Just, just be a part of a fellowship and grow in Christ. And so we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, again, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, and we'll be back again, uh, continuing the, the Holiness Code next week again. Don't forget to tune in this time next week. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.